Blog Talk Radio. What we need is some sort of revolution. Pain and greed, there's gotta be retribution. Do we all just run and hide? Hello and welcome. This is episode 14 of the Staying Sports Podcast. Uh, thank you again to Cody Canada and the Departed for leading us in with their song Revolution. We are finishing up our fantasy baseball preview, taking a look at the outfielders, joined as always by Torsten Sporn. What is going on, Torsten? Another day in paradise, my friend. How about you? Oh, paradise it is. Uh, Another day at the ballpark today. Always good times, always good times. Uh, So let's jump right into it and take a look at outfielders uh, on the fantasy baseball side of things. Um, let's start with the way we usually start, overrated. Who do you see as an overrated outfielder uh, currently going in uh, fantasy baseball drafts? Well, as I do uh, quite frequently, I'm going to dip into the home well and go with one of my hometown Dodgers, and that's Yasiel Puig. I uh, Don't get me wrong on this. This is a fantasy observation only. I absolutely love Yasiel Puig as a ball player. But from a fantasy perspective, you have to look at basically just points. Again, I've said it a million times now, it's it's a game in a vacuum. And at at the end of the day, at the end of last season anyway, Yastiel Puig had 16 home runs. He had in the neighborhood of 80 RBIs, and he hit about 295. Certainly impressive numbers, but where he's being picked in fantasy drafts, which is uh, I think right now his ADP is about 20. I've been seeing him in mocks go between 25 and 30, sometimes as high as 33 or as low as 33, I should say. And there are probably a dozen different outfielders that provide you better fantasy numbers uh, than Yasiel Puigwell. Now, in real baseball, he's a dynamo. He's amazing, and you know he, he does everything at 250 miles per hour, and that also makes him an injury risk. And in fantasy, if you're going to miss a guy, you know, for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, because he runs through a brick wall, you know, that's going to hurt you in the long run. And, uh, you know, he's going to be one of those guys that because of what he does and, you know, the the highlight reel throws and the 500-foot home runs and, you know, the the crazy base running, people like him and, you know, they're fascinated by him, but that also means they're going to draft him too high. It pains me to say it a little bit because I love the guy, but – for me, he's one of the most overvalued fantasy baseball outfielders. Who do you have along those same lines? Yeah, when we're talking about Puig, uh, I agree with you. He ends up getting uh, pumped up a little bit too high. Uh, he's fun to watch. He's an excellent baseball player. You actually gave him more credit than he deserved the last year. You said he was in the 80 RBI range. He was only in the he only he had less than 70. Um, and you know, early on, you know, he, he runs like his hair's on fire. But he only had 11 steals. It's not like he's stealing you a ton of bags. Um, he had a really good average, uh, scored a good amount of runs over 90. But, you know, you kind of look at him and he's being drafted as a fantasy guy who's going to be in, in the you know, close to 300 with, you know, 90 RBIs, 90 runs, you know, 20, 25 home run uh, type of numbers. And, and he's just never shown that he can do that over a full season. Um He's one of those guys that I think ends up getting pushed too high. If he does slip down into the 
you know, if he slips down lower into the, the 30s, you know, the third, fourth round of a draft, maybe pick him there. But I think if you have to pick him in the first couple of rounds, uh, that's way too high. Um, for me, I, I'm going to go with uh, one of his uh, fellow countrymen in Jonas Cespedes. Cespedes is a guy who has been moved twice in the last uh, eight months or so, once at the deadline and once again this offseason. Um, he is now with the Tigers. Um, you know, anybody that leaves the ballpark out in Oakland uh, will, will pretty much get a, a benefit as far as the ballpark goes. But, you know, he hit uh, 260 last year. He did come up with 100 RBIs and, and 20 home runs. And, and a game that is shy on power, especially right-handed power, we, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cespedes uh, is about as much fun to watch as with right-handed power there is, as there is um, in baseball. But he just doesn't really give you all that much. Out there. You know, with just the 20 home runs uh, pretty consistently, he's not going to be enough for that, you know, ADP of about around 50. So top five-round pick, there's just, to me, some other guys. When you look at the list, you know, even a, a Justin Upton going – um, several rounds after a Cespedes, there's there's better value out there. I agree with your assessment of Cespedes. Um, you know, I think that his offensive numbers are going to get a pretty significant boost playing uh, in Detroit. I think that the lineup dynamic is a little bit different there with Miguel Cabrera. Um, you know, and say what you want about him, he uh, you know he's got some injury issues right now, and his numbers are slowly starting to show a sign of decline, but He's probably still, uh, if not the best, uh, if it's Mike Trout, that's the best, then it's Miguel Cabrera, that's the second best right-handed hitter in baseball. I think that, you know, with a different lineup uh, in Detroit than he had in Oakland and also, you know, with the Red Sox, then uh, you can sort of expect to see an uptick in average. You can expect to see an uptick in RBIs. Um, it's uh, there's going to be more opportunities, and basically numbers are a product largely of opportunities. I do think that an ADP of 50 is too high for Cespedes, but I don't think it's a ridiculous reach. I think that you know if he's going in the fifth, you know I would pick him up if uh, if I needed an outfielder in the sixth round. But yeah, he is a, he is uh, slightly ahead of where he should be going right now. Now the, in most leagues, you do need to get five outfielders. Obviously, it's one of the bigger. Uh, sections of any fantasy baseball team. So let's go ahead and get uh, a couple of overrated guys out there. So I'm going to throw another one out there. Um, this is one who I think is still carrying too much on his prospect hype. Um, and, you know, he's being drafted. Uh, he's actually being drafted ahead of Cespedes despite being ranked behind him on, on multiple spots. And that's Bryce Harper. The guy has talent that is undeniable, but he hasn't really been able to put it together into a full season of, of health and production. And uh, for me, I'd be willing to sit back and give somebody that's a little bit more um, consistent and reliable uh, than have to go up in, into the the 30s um, where you would probably have to go and get to get Bryce Harper just because his name carries so much weight in many draft rooms that he ends up going much higher in the actual draft position than his rank uh, 
should than his than he should based on where he ranks. Well, you know, I'm 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 not I'm not a hundred percent I'm not a hundred percent on that one. To be honest with you, um, I think that I think that Bryce Harper is a little bit of good luck away from being a 40 home run guy. To be honest with you. Um, and a little bit of that good luck, uh, you know, it, it, he has to make it himself. He has to be more mature. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think the ballpark is necessarily doing him any favors in Washington. But, you know, he's uh, he's not going to steal as many bases, but he there's really no reason why he couldn't put up numbers like, say, you know, Andrew McCutcheon. I, uh, you know, I, I haven't actually had the good fortune or bad fortune or any fortune of having Bryce Harper end up on any of my fantasy baseball teams over the last couple of seasons. People do tend to reach exactly like you said on the prospect value, but I think that he is starting to drop just a little bit and to where the reach might be worth it. A guy for me that is uh, being reached for, and uh, it depends on what kind of league you're playing in. If you're playing in a purely, you know, a, a category league or a history league and, you know, stolen bases get you a lot, then, uh, you know, you might want to get a guy like Billy Hamilton. But that's about all that he's going to get you. And I think that, you know, the, the 260 approximately average that he hit last year was a statistical outlier. I think he got a little bit lucky uh, with his batting average on balls in play. And I see his average probably dropping by about 30 points, so you might get a few fewer stolen bases. I think pitchers are learning how to pitch to him. And when all that you offer is basically speed, you can get a guy like Ben Revere way later than uh, Billy Hamilton and get similar statistical output. What are your feelings on guys like Billy Hamilton and Ben Revere, the speed guys? A handful of years ago, they were guys to go out and to covet. Um, the spectrum of baseball has completely changed, and you can get speed anywhere. I, I was kind of looking at some guys, and, and I kept going through the list, and I was like, oh, that, you know, that guy could, is a good steals guy. Why is he so far down the list uh, as far as ranking? And it's because good steals guys are available everywhere. Um, you know, uh, Dalton Pompey likely is going to start in center field for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's, you know, uh, ranked 225 overall in the ESPN race. Steven Sousa, Sousa, similar. He can steal you bags. Uh, Rajai Davis, Dexter Fowler. These are guys that are back in the 200s uh, as far uh, overall in the in the 60s and 70s as far as position goes. You know, the Juan Lagares. There's Guys that can steal you bags deep into into it, especially in a position like an outfield, where you have you know many leagues you have five outfielders. You can wait and wait and wait and make your fifth outfielder a pure speed guy. Put a Gerardo Parra, put a, a Coglin, a a, um, a Michael Bourne. Assuming, you know, hopefully he's healthy this year. A guy like Lagares, and just get a, a speed guy late in a draft as a last outfield spot rather than have to go early on and spend a valuable draft pick on a guy like the Billy Hamilton, the um, Denard Span, who's not healthy right now, but his replacement, Michael Taylor, who I actually like this year, 
but you know that the center field position there in Washington is going to be overrated because of the speed. Ben Revere, like you mentioned, they just get overrated as far as it, 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 it's too valuable a spot in fantasy drafts to pick a guy who's just going to be speed when you can get speed so much later. Yep, I agree 100%. Now, what about underrated? Who's a steal for you coming into this year's draft? Well, um, I, uh, I'm going to blindside you a little bit here with a quick uh, player analysis. Um, we're looking at two guys here. Player A, last season, hit 314, had 25 home runs, 83 RBIs, stole 18 bags, scored 89 runs. Player B hit 327, hit 20 home runs, 97 RBIs, 23 stolen bases, scored 94 runs. Uh, do you care to take a quick guess at who player A and player B are? The high averages are completely throwing me off. Um, <laughs> That's you okay. just don't I see that high right now. Yeah, I know. I blindsided you there, and I, I found this fascinating. Player A is Andrew McCutcheon. He's got an ADP of squarely two right now. Basically, uh, across the board, you're seeing uh, Michael uh, Mike Trout getting drafted first overall. Andrew McCutcheon is getting drafted was second the overall. Is the Yes. Yeah, player B is Michael Brantley. And uh, those numbers, again, 327 batting average, 20 home runs, 97 RBIs, 23 steals. And 23 steals out of 24 attempts, by the way. He was gunned down exactly one time last season. The 94 runs, basically, statistically across the board, he outperformed Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, the only difference was that, or the only one that the category McCutcheon beat him in was home runs. He had 25, and Brantley only had 20. Um, now, obviously, McCutcheon's been doing this a few years, so you know that if you're going to draft him, you're going to get similar numbers across the board. Last year was sort of a coming-out party for Brantley when he just pretty much took Major League Baseball by storm. But there is one thing that is super consistent with Brantley. He struck out in well over 600 plate appearances 56 times last year. He's a guy who hits for power with the 20 home runs and 56 strikeouts in well over 600 plate appearances. So that alone right there leads me to believe that his huge season last year is not luck. You might see the average drop a few points. He may only get 15 to 17 home runs. Um, the steals are real. The runs scored are real in a very underrated Cleveland lineup. And while McCutcheon is being drafted second overall, Brantley's average draft position is 27 right now. And that's ridiculous. We're talking about two and a half full rounds between players with virtually identical statistics. And the one thing McCutcheon has on his side, apart from a couple extra home runs, is history. And I'm not saying don't draft McCutcheon. I'm saying if you have the number two overall draft pick, fine, take him. But just be aware of where Brantley is and where he's going and the types of numbers you can get. Because if you're drafting fourth or fifth and you can't get a Trout and you can't get a McCutcheon, you'll still be able to get Brantley in that second round in the team somewhere, and that's where you should be grabbing him because he won't get back to you in the third, at least if you're listening to this podcast, you know, and your friends are listening to this podcast, he's not going to get back to you. And those numbers are real. Look at the strikeouts. Less, significantly fewer than 10% of his at-bats he's striking out, and that's been consistent throughout his career. It's going to stay that way, so the numbers are real. It's one thing if he's striking out 180 times and has an unrealistic batting average on balls in play, but that's not the case with him. He's, you know, he's the real deal for me, 
and being drafted two full rounds later than a guy that's going second overall with similar statistics, he is a ridiculous bargain. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. If he's, I was surprised when you mentioned that, and I looked and you're right, the ADP of 27 is is painfully uh, low. Um, when I look at Michael Brantley, uh, I see a guy who is, you know, you could, if you were to get him at the end of the first round, I wouldn't fault you on it, but getting him in the middle of the second round is the perfect place to get him. The fact that he's fallen to the third round in many drafts, um, that makes him certainly uh, underrated. Uh, I just wasn't looking in that section for the underrated guys. You're absolutely right. A guy that listed that high um, overall as far as rankings, um, it, who can fall to the third round, that's you know, definitely an underrated guy, somebody that deserves to be picked in that mid-second, early to mid-second round. He's a guy that I really liked coming up, uh, who, just, who sh- would show flashes. He just didn't put together for the, the full season. The numbers, obviously, you pointed to the strikeout rate has been consistent, um, consistently the low strikeouts, which is always good to see. And just the contact finally, finally came through and turned into some power and, and some average for him. I think that average is certainly coming down. It's going to be hard-pressed to see anybody hit 327 back-to-back years. But uh, I, I could certainly see uh, 300 and another 20 home runs and, and probably score close to 100 runs uh, for that team. Now, a guy that I think is um, underrated, and for the same re- for the reason that I was mentioning earlier, that you know the, the speed guys get overrated, there are actually two guys that are pretty close in ADP. Um, one is at 98, while the other one is sitting at 140, so I guess not as close as I had imagined, would have uh, thought. But Mark Trumbo and Brandon Moss. Uh, Mark Trumbo had uh, only played about a half a season last year due to injuries. And the three previous seasons in Anaheim, he hit 29, 32, and 34 home runs. Um, you know, a, a basically a consistent 30 home run guy who's going to be playing in a uh, ballpark that is very uh, good for you know for the power numbers uh, at Chase Field out in Arizona. And then Brandon Moss consistently has good years with the uh, Oakland A's in that massive ballpark. He's now overing that underrated lineup in Cleveland and. You know, I could really see him doing something uh, special there. He's also got the first base eligibility, but, you know, he had 25 home runs. His average could hurt you. He hit 234 last year. He'll probably come up a little bit on that. But you're talking about two guys who uh, could very well flirt with 30 home runs and be drafted somewhere around that 10th round. Uh, Getting, you know, 25 to 30 home runs that late uh, could be a really good value for a fantasy team. I agree with you 100%. If you're looking to score uh, 30 to 40 home runs, and I really think that in in, uh, in Arizona that Mark Trumbo has 40-plus home run power, he's just got to stay healthy. He's got problems with his feet. He's playing the outfield. Uh, you know, I would love to see him at first base, but the problem is there's this guy named Paul Goldschmidt in Arizona that sort of got that position locked down for the next decade. Um, you know, but if uh, you know if Trumbo can if Trumbo can stay healthy. That power is real. I, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think that his draft position, 
uh, is it might actually even be, you know, pretty close to accurate um, because of the strikeout rate and the low batting average. Um, a guy that I like um, that's similar, well, that's actually not accurate. He's not, he's not totally similar. He's, uh, he's similar only in the fact that he supplies, uh, you know, some pretty decent power and uh, not a whole lot else. But you won't have to draft him, or you can draft him really late. Um, if you if you you know if you get really lucky, you might be able to get him off of waivers because he's old as dirt. But it's Marlon Bird, and uh, he's in Cincinnati now. That's a great hitter's ballpark, and a lot of people may not know or may overlook that the last two seasons he's combined to hit 49 home runs. Um, one little area of concern is that his uh, strikeout rate spiked the last season in Philadelphia. Um, I don't know if he was learning from Ryan Howard or what he was doing, but uh, you know he had over 180 Ks last season, and that's not necessarily a sign of good things. But uh, you know he does appear to be in shape as much as a guy who's six feet and 245 pounds can be, and uh, the bat has always played. His uh, suspension for performance-enhancing drugs a couple seasons back was not for steroids. Um, at least according to him, and I believe him, it was uh, due to uh, a medication he said he was taking for a personal medical issue. And uh, that, to me, sounds credible because he's always been kind of uh, got that Juan Uribe build where, you know, he's sort of built like a bowling ball. But he's a really, really cheap source of home runs and RBIs late in drafts. And uh, another guy who I like that you can get uh, somewhere between the 15th and 18th round, and I know you're going to like this guy too, he was just announced as the leadoff hitter for the Texas Rangers, and that's Leonis Martin. Um, he's a guy that can easily sneak into double-digit power. He's got 30 to 40 stolen base speed. Um, in that lineup, he should score close to 100 runs. And if nothing else, his defense in the outfield will keep him in the lineup. So uh, he's a guy that I would be targeting in that 15 to 18 round range. What do you feel about Leonis Martin? Yeah, I was at the game uh, just the other day. Uh, he, like you said, he, he's been announced as the leadoff guy. Brian Bannister really likes him in that role. Uh, he, he has a chance of being a, a pretty good on-base guy, um, and if he gets on base, he can absolutely fly. I think he's a little bit better of an all-around baseball player. He's a fantasy guy, but there's definitely some fantasy value there. I just don't see a whole lot of power in that swing. So, um, to me, he's a guy I like watching, but I'm, he's not going to end up on many of my fantasy teams. Now, do you have any uh, guys that are kind of sitting in the weeds just waiting to break out? Um, well, I've got one guy who's waiting to break out, and I've got one, one guy who is being pegged as a breakout guy uh, or rookie of the year candidate that I don't think is quite going to get there. The guy that I think is really going to break out even though he has moved to not exactly what you would call a hitter's ballpark, is Will Myers. Um, it's not all that often that a guy who's considered a top prospect in baseball, top ten prospect in baseball or whatever he was, gets traded twice in his first three or four pro seasons. But, you know, as, as much of a red flag as that may raise, um, everybody is saying that his work ethic has significantly improved. He's going to be hitting leadoff for the Padres, which may take away from the RBIs a little bit. But, you know, everybody and their mother knows what San Diego has done to improve that lineup. 
So if he can get on base, he's going to score 100 runs. He's got sneaky speed. He's got pretty good power, and in that huge outfield over there, he should hit, you know, 40 to 50 doubles. Um, if the stories about his, you know, improved work ethic and, you know, watching extra video and taking extra swings in the batting cages, I think that Will Myers uh, can really justify his status from three, four years ago of a top overall prospect in baseball. And on the flip side of that coin, a guy that a lot of uh, people are saying is going to break out, early uh, rookie of the year candidate, again, I'm dipping into the home well, is uh, Jock Peterson, who by all indications is going to win the starting center field job for the Dodgers. And it's not like Andre Ethier is putting up much resistance. But uh, Peterson's a guy who uh, went 30-30 last year in AAA, hit over 300. But, uh, you know, Don Mattingly, Dodger manager Don Mattingly, is throwing around comparisons to Carlos Gonzalez, you know, the injury prone to brilliant outfielder for the Colorado Rockies. Personally, I see more Todd Hollinsworth than I see Carlos Gonzalez. Now, that's not a slight on Hollinsworth. You know, he had, you know, halfway decent pop in that 10 to 15 home run range. He had halfway decent speed in that 10 to 15 stolen bases range. He played a good outfield. But, you know, as far as as far as far loading up the fantasy statistics, I just don't see Jock Peterson as a guy who's quite ready to do that. Uh, do you have any thoughts on guys like Will Myers and Jock Peterson, and do you have any guys ready to break out? Yeah, I agree with you on Will Myers. Uh, he actually was one of the, my other underrated guys on uh, on my list. Uh, I think that he is underrated there. Jock Peterson, um, I think that he's got a ton of talent, um, but it, you know he's he's got very limited uh, big league experience. I think he's got a sharp learning curve ahead of him. Uh, you did talk him to Todd Hollinsworth, who, by the way, was a Rookie of the Year uh, back in, I believe, 94, 95-ish. Uh, so, you know, you did comp him to a Rookie of the Year, so you never know. He just might win it. But to me, a guy that, that I, I think could win the Rookie of the Year in the AL um, is a guy who, uh, due to injury, has not yet appeared in, in the spring training. But I saw him out here in the Arizona Fall League. He is much smaller than you uh, would expect from a power hit you got with a power uh a bat who also has some speed to play center field and uh he'll be doing that in Boston and that's Rusne Castillo. Um I, I think that he's got real I love his swing, I love his, his the way he is out on the field. He he runs around he's very you know, I hate doing the, the Cuban to Cuban comp, but very Puigish uh, in just the way he plays the game but in a much smaller body, and I, but he's got a ton of power in that bat. Um, you know, he was flashing that in the, the fall league. They were coming in the forms of doubles, but I think the, the home runs will come. Um, and, uh, you know, he's quick on the bases. He can play center field. I think Castillo uh, could be something special, and it could it could come as early as this year. I agree with you. I, uh, I, I've been trying to watch as much spring training as I can, and I really like what I've seen from Rusny Castillo. I think that guy can bang doubles off the green monster all day long. Now, you want, we, we have just a couple minutes left. you want to do a quick homer corner, and then I've got a, a, a sneaky non-outfield fantasy guy to uh, throw out there. So, quick homer corner. Tell me about the Dodgers. I do want to do a quick homer corner. I was very, very critical of uh, the Dodgers trading Matt Kemp to San Diego for Yasmani Grandal. Not the fact that they traded Kemp, but the fact that the main guy they got back was Grandal. Um, two things I've noticed from watching a lot of Dodgers spring training, 
One, uh, I never thought that Grandal was a good defensive catcher, uh, despite what the pitch framing matrix, um, the metrics say. And uh, from what I've seen, he's even worse than I than I thought. Um, he can't throw a runner out at second base to save his life, and uh, he's way too slow in releasing the ball. And uh, although trust from a pitching staff takes a long time to build, he's nowhere near getting it yet. On the flip side, I also criticized uh, his hitting, and it looks like uh, at least at early indicators in spring are that I was dead wrong on that. He's got one of the prettiest right-handed swings that I have seen from any hitter, irrespective of position or team, in a long time. He is squaring up everything from the right side of the plate. He's not squaring up everything from the left, but man, does he have some pop from that side of the plate. So uh, I will stand corrected on that. I am looking forward to seeing what Yasmani Grandal can do offensively for the Dodgers this season. And your turn. What are you seeing in spring training that uh, might lead to some additional fantasy baseball nuggets for people this year? Now, I've spent uh, uh, days uh, in uh, Texas Rangers camp uh, and, and talking to some of the guys in the clubhouse there. The, the Rangers are pitching staff. Uh, we, we, you know the you Darvish injury, but there's been plenty of injuries to that pitching staff. Uh, the first cuts to minor league camp came this week, and somebody that survived it, and based on conversations I've had with players around camp, including uh, likely starting catcher Robinson Trinos, they are all raving about uh, he may be listed as Alex, he may be listed, but goes by Chichi Gonzalez uh, for the Texas Rangers. Uh, there is a champ, he will probably not break camp as a guy in that rotation, but also at the same time would not shock me if he got the number five job. Um, even if he doesn't, I think he will find a way into a starting role in that rotation at some point this season. So he's somebody to keep an eye on early. Uh, Chichi Gonzalez, uh, you know, Alex Chichi Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers, uh, a sneaky late-round waiver guy who just who might be able to pick up a uh, starting job in that rotation for the Texas Rangers. And with that, thank you for listening. We're going to go ahead and wrap up. We'll have more coming soon. We'll talk about NFL uh, moves and maybe do a uh, boxing podcast here next month. Uh, thank you for listening. Of course, have a good night. And you as well. Great job as always. Thank you, everybody, for listening.